Well, thanks so much for joining us. We are uh, Coach's Corner, talking to coaches who work with churches uh, across uh, Canada about ministry, ministry contexts. And I want to welcome our two coaches today, Bob Jones, he's effectiveness coach from uh, the Alberta Northwest Territories District of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And also John Alveston, uh, same, same, but different. <laughs> so welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Good good awesome. Listen, we're talking uh, today about adaptive leadership, adaptive leadership. And this is the idea that, you know, as pastors, uh, we are leaders. And what does it look like to change? <laughs> and of course, we know with COVID, we've got all sorts of opportunity that uh, and challenges ahead that require probably a little bit more of us as pastors than maybe we're used to. Bob, can you just uh, talk to me about what your understanding is in regards to pastoral leadership as adaptive leadership? Well, one of the best resources I've uh, come across in the last year was a book by Todd Bolsinger called Canoeing the Mountains. To me, it's it's the perfect uh, context uh, to think about uh, leadership, pastors, and adapting. So Bolsinger uses uh, the metaphor of the Lewis and Clark uh, expedition to discover the Northwest Passage of how they were seasoned paddlers uh, and canoeists, and they ended up facing these incredible mountains that surprised them. They'd never seen anything like this before, and how would they get through? And they had to change and trade their paddles for saddles and get horses. And just that whole context is, is a metaphor for what we as pastors are facing, um, not just because of this pandemic, but uh, in terms of trying to lead into the future uh, with a church that, that tends to lag about 10 years behind uh, our culture. Um, so it's hard work. It, it's imaginative work. It's, it's working about trying to forget what you know and lean into things that you need to know. John, what do you what do you think are some of the challenges that pastors are facing in terms of having to be adaptive and having to to change uh, the way things were uh, to what's happening these days? Well, certainly the circumstances that we find ourselves in uh, during a pandemic, uh, a lot of the rules of the game have changed, and a lot of things are changing very rapidly in our society. Uh, so, I mean, we've got a, a lot of things that are very external that uh, are forcing change upon us, but we're also struggling with actually a lot of internal issues. And I think that's where the battle needs to be fought is we get into doing routines where we focus on the what's and we often forget the why's mm. and we forget about the principles behind why we're doing things. Um, sometimes I tell the story about a young couple just gets married and come back from the honeymoon and the young wife is going to prepare a ham for her first family meal. And as she's preparing the ham, she cuts off the ends of the ham, um, throws them away and then puts it in the pot. And the young groom, you know, a little bit puzzled by this, you know, says, honey, uh, why did you cut the ends of the ham off? And she says, uh, I don't know. That's the way my mom always does it. Well, they, a few weeks goes by, you know, Thanksgiving comes along and asks mom, why do you cut off the ends of the ham before you cook it? And the mother says, I don't know. That's the way my mother's always did it. <laughs> huh. A few weeks later, you know, Christmas comes along. And uh, grandma, why do you cut off the ends of the ham before you cook it? And she says, because it wouldn't fit in my pot. So <laughs> there was a reason 
there was a principle behind the activity at one point in time. Wow. That doesn't necessarily mean that's still relevant now. And when we haven't reflected on, well, why is it we do things that way? Why do we have church at 11? Well, because farmers need a chance to milk um, the cows and collect the eggs from the chickens in order to get to church on time. Well, we're not living in the farms anymore. We're not doing it that way. But we've lost the why so many generations ago. Um, and we've never thought about the why. We're just keep doing the what. Um, and when we're put into these things where circumstances have changed radically, the way out is instead of focusing on what have we always done, we need to focus back on what is the why. And it's the why that's going to help us navigate the change. Bob, you mentioned that churches often lag 10 years behind or if not more in regards to societal change. Obviously, we're not adapted. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Well, you know, just from my limited experience, um, sometimes what we do is we attach values to things that shouldn't have a value. So like we attach a moral value to something that's immaterial. Um, so for instance, uh, the idea of associating uh, lights or uh, lasers or different things like that in the church with something like Hollywood or Las Vegas or a nightclub. And so we say, we can't do those things in the church uh, because they're, they're, they're not the right things. They don't fit with religion. They're not what good Christians do. And, and so by doing that, we protect ourselves from change. And so there are good changes, uh, whether it's technology or online or production or lighting, that help engage people in, in hearing the gospel. And we kind of close our minds to that because we've associated a moral value to it when, it sh when it's an amoral um, principle or uh, asset. And, and so that's one of the things that we build walls rather than bridges because of that. And we kind of lag behind other innovative, progressive uh, thinkers. In fact, I think at times the word progressive in the church is um, anamathea. Like you, you just don't want to uh, use that kind of word. We were very conservative, not necessarily progressive. And even with those two words, uh, we've attached value, right? So progressive is bad, conservative is good. We, we have a tendency of um, using God to back up what we've always done and to make something sacred that isn't. Um, you know, like I'd mentioned before, like 11 o'clock, um, somehow that is the sacred hour. And if you move to 1030, you're fighting against God. And we'll do this for, for lots and lots of silly things. Um, and it can happen quite quickly. I remember in a church where I served as an interim pastor, they had a very, very large pulpit. Um, and I'm only five foot seven. And so when I was behind that pulpit, I was just a little talking head. So uh, I didn't preach from behind that pulpit. You know, I got around from that pulpit and, you know, it was a small building. So I'd actually come down off the stage where I was closer to the people. And that's how I preached. Now, I was only there as their interim pastor um, for 18 months. Well, when my successor arrived, uh, you know, he was a taller man. He started preaching from the pulpit. And he's got these, you know, 80 and 90-year-old ladies wagging their finger at him at this church. We don't preach from the pulpit. We preach from the floor. Like, I'd only been doing that for a year and a half. How did that somehow become God's way of doing it? Um, so we, we have this tendency of, you know, making the color of the carpet sacred, the color of the door sacred, 
Um, our style of music, sacred. I had people tell me the only music ordained by God was the Gathers. Um, you know, so that's sort of a natural tendency that that, that happens um, is, yeah, just what we've been doing is somehow God's way of doing it. And it really sounds like a, a, a tough task for pastors to, to lead change, to lead uh, into new ways and into new seasons. As you guys have been working with pastors, and, and, and what are you seeing of the qualities needed for pastors to be able to embrace this style of adaptive leadership? You know, one of the things, and I know pastors are hard workers, uh, and, and change is hard work. It really is. But it's also risky work, and it's also complex. Uh, and there's timing. And what I mean by that is that when you want to make a change, you still have to keep doing things that are expected as you lead into the things that you're wanting to change. Because you just can't come to necessarily a full stop and blow up the church. It just doesn't work that way. And, and doing the hard work of what is expected plus shifting to new methodologies, new uh, ways, new ways of thinking. Um, as John said, maybe new ways of meeting at church, doing online. Uh, those are all shifts and, and they demand energy. And so um, it's, it's quite taxing. This is a complex thing. And so, you know, li- leaders who are listening right now just need to understand that um, this, is, this is not easy peasy. This is not uh, anybody could do it if it was, right? But this is complex. It's important work. It's, it takes energy, takes thoughtfulness, intentionality, takes patience, I, I think, um, and, and being able to shift. So that's, I think that's part of the thing that uh, makes the, the passage of ad- adaptive change so challenging. You know, I think the other factor, too, is, uh, well, to use the word fear in the sense of uh, a lot of times things are done because uh, they make, they're what worked. And there's a huge risk in changing. And some people are associated with how they volunteer, uh, what they're doing, um, and they fear losing something. I think that's the biggest thing with change, is every time you make a change, it's about loss in some way. And people lose uh, identity or, or status, um, even fulfillment. Uh, and so that's where the risk comes in, because there's a fear that I'm going to be less than, um, I'm not going to be noticed anymore, uh, maybe even disrespected. Like what I used to do, oh, it's not good enough anymore. we got to change. Um, and so all these changes are about people. Everything we do as pastors is about people. And, and people are not paper, and it's, not, it's about process, but it's more about the people. And so that really demands a, a higher level of leadership, thoughtfulness, uh, intentionality, um, and, and just sensitivity uh, as pastors go through that. So it's the hard work, but it's also risky work. I think that's what makes it complex. Well, and I think that's why communication is, is so essential and communicating the whys behind the whats. When we, when we don't do that, people very naturally take things personally. There's, there's a saying, uh, people are down on what they're not up on. And so if they don't understand the why, they're going to invent in their own head some new kind of why uh, that isn't the real why. And we have no control of what that fiction is going to be. And that can be a real strange fiction to deal with. So I think that, that communication of the why and over-communication of the why, casting the vision, we're trying to get from here to here, um, because these have changes, this is the new way of doing that. And when we can include people in that process, that helps so, so, so much. Uh, and that's especially if we're dealing with volunteers 
And if we can move them away from getting their identity from their role and moving on to what we're trying to accomplish and inviting them to be part of that process rather than them feeling that they're, they're left behind. But I think that communication element just is, is so key. So what challenge do we give pastors, you know, in, you know, canoeing the mountains, this new way, we're in a new season, we're in a new time. What's the, what's the word of encouragement and challenge that we give pastors today? Well, we get to be on an adventure. Uh, this is the whole aspect of the future and it's unknown. It can be scary, but it's also an adventure. Uh, this is not a boring life. Uh, the ability to lead into the unknown and make changes, um, it stretches you, it challenges you. Uh, people rise to the occasion uh, and you can actually make a difference. And, you know, being in a, in a pandemic, we're living through a, a historic moment and, and you get to lead in this moment. And it's not easy and, and people are tired, but um, there's the opportunity to make perhaps the biggest difference in the, the ministry of the church and reaching people with the gospel that we've ever had laid before us. Uh, things have been accelerated and magnified. And I think there's more opportunity out there than we've ever had before. I think one of the challenges we face with trying to make change is that stuff works. Um, things that we're doing, it works and it's comfortable and people like it and it's what they expect. And, and when you try to shift away from that, wow, that's, that is uh, taxing. It, it can be pricey. Um, it's, it's hard work, but it's good work. Um, and the ability, you know, on a podcast like this to have other people hear that, yeah, this is the way that we could be thinking and um, that it actually frees us up. It doesn't limit us. And it begins to free us for new ways of thinking about the future and what God wants us to do and how the spirit would lead us into a new thing. I, I think in many ways, it's a divine honor um, to be leading at this time, because what literally happened is before the creation of the world, God foresaw this crisis at this time and had asked himself, who shall we send? Who's going to stand in the gap during this crisis? And he chose you. That at a time such as this, at the turning point of the battle, he placed you in this role to navigate. And is it hard? Absolutely, it's hard. Um, and if there was somebody better to do it, God would have chosen somebody better to do it, but he chose you because you are the best person for the job at this time. And to take strength and honor from that, that God has chosen for you to lead. And I love what I'm seeing is I'm seeing pastors all across this nation digging in, trying new things. We say, throw mud at the wall, see what sticks. Um, blessing their community, forming new relationships, you know, getting online and, and looking at new content. The other day I had a pastor send me a video that he was doing about, about faith and the NHL. <laughs> and he put that out there. He's putting that out. Like he would never have done that, but he's looking at new opportunities, new ways of ministry and reaching people. And I'm so proud of our pastors for doing that. This isn't a time to put our head in the sand this isn't a time to go back and say, oh, I can't wait to go back to the way that we used to do things. But what is the Spirit of God saying to us today? What opportunities are in front of us and what can we do? And I, I agree with you guys. It's, it's Christ is in us. He's with us. He's guiding you. He's leading you. And so, Pastor, if you're listening today, we do want to challenge you. We want to encourage you that adaptive leadership, you don't have to do things tomorrow the way that you did today. 
and this idea of yeah, let's not let's not sink our teeth into something and, and call it sacred and sacrosanct when it really isn't. We're maybe getting in the way of what we need to do in this season. So I want to challenge you and encourage you. Let's be adaptive. Let's move forward into what God's uh, leading us to. Yeah, it may be scary. Yeah, it may be unknown, but good things are on the other side. Bob and John, thanks so much for being with us today. And thank you for joining us. Until next time.